is DeAndre Ayton the best player in college basketball, and why should the Atlanta Hawks take him number one overall? <laughs> um, he might be one of the best players we've seen in the last few years, I'd, I'd say. Um, as to why uh, to any team, but certainly the Atlanta Hawks should take him number one, is because, um, I mean, he's a complete physical specimen. He uh, physically is just unbelievable. He's automatic in the low post. He can also step outside and shoot it. Uh, you know, I've heard, you know, Ewing comparisons, Akeem Olajuwon. It's almost like the return of the the great collegiate big man, which, um, you know, there were some classics in the 80s where we saw guys, um, Shaq, obviously, his time at LSU. Never beat Kentucky. But, uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, but, uh, but I think in general, like, you know, this is just a crazy year for the draft in, in general. I mean, you look at the top of the draft, it's not just Aiton, but, you know, Luka Doncic, uh, the European star, the prodigies, they call him, you know, 6'8", point guard, some call him the point forward, unbelievable passer, his YouTube tapes are crazy, what he's doing over in Europe is insane. You've got um, Michael Porter, who obviously uh, was injured at the very start of this year. We won't see him playing any, any more college basketball, most likely. Um, you know, terrific talent. People have talked about him as being like a Durant, Carmelo mix, uh, a guy that's going to be an unbelievable scorer at the next level. But, you know, now you're dealing with some injury concerns. Um, so, you know, you've got them. And then uh, Marvin Bagley, who's sort of become the forgotten guy, like it, like amongst NBA people, um, you know. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy with great length, really athletic, can handle it can guard guys out on the perimeter. There's starting to be questions now about whether there's actually a spot for a really talented four man who doesn't shoot threes at the NBA level. But I have no doubts about Marvin Bagley. He's, he's a special talent. So you got those guys and then Mo Bamba who, you know, at Texas, who's just, you know, freakishly long and another big man that's going to be valuable for this league with all the point guards that came in last year. Now all of a sudden you've got, you got talented bigs, but I think Aiton might be the most special one. And, and of all the, the guys that, that I've mentioned, the thing about Aiden that I think sort of separates him is just, you know, he plays with a certain level of toughness and, um, you know, he's, he's competitive and, um, you know, there's a rugged nature about his game and I, I think it translates really well. He's a grown ass man. Like just there plain you go. And simple. He, there you, go. you can tell he, he ate good as a child and, and it's <laughs> carried over to, to the college game. Uh, all right. Dollar bill wants to ask you some actual PAC 12 questions. Uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest right, right from the beginning. Sure. Uh, that was a sure. great first question. <laughs> so thanks for coming on and previewing the Pac-12. Um, interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, so the Pac-12, they've been pretty dynamic the last few years. But it, it's, it seems like the conference is down a little bit this year. Obviously, Arizona mm -hmm. State has been a surprise. Or Do you agree in how many bids do you think this league is going to get in, at the end of the yeah. day? You know, it's a, it's a good question. And, and I think in terms of, first of all, the perception uh, of the league as to whether it's down or not, I think in a weird way, if, you know, I think people sort of looked at it like, well, this year it's going to be Arizona and USC are going to be phenomenal um, with all the talent that they have. And then it's going to be a bunch of teams. Let's see which, which teams step up. You know, people had high expectations for Stanford and Oregon State and, you know, Oregon was sort of a mismatch of, of, of players returning and new guys. And, yeah, you know, there were all these teams with question marks, you know, throughout the, the conference. And ASU, I think, was in that category. And then, you know, Arizona goes and loses three games in a row. 
Um, and I think uh, that just threw everyone for a loop and they dropped out of the top 25, even though, you know, it's, it's sort of been brought up that Sean Miller has the most talented team that he's probably most talented roster he's ever had at Arizona, but Raleigh Alkins was out and uh, that was a big difference maker for them. And now they have him back. Arizona state's been unbelievable. Obviously goes without saying, I mean, three top 50 RPI wins. You've got, um, you know, a win that, you know, fog Allen where they put up 95 points Their bill self had never lost, you know, a game at fog Allen where he gave up that many points. So it was just, you know, they, they're unreal how good they are this year. The backcourt, everybody knows about, but they've added some pieces to the front court, Romella white, Daquan Lake. Now this kid, Mickey, Moe. Arizona state's loaded. And, um, you know, they're not just, you know, this, and in terms of the, uh, in terms of the bids, so I, so my point was going to be though about the perception was the we'd be saying how wow this this Pac-12 league has two really really outstanding to Arizona State, but everyone agrees Arizona's loaded Arizona State's awesome and not going to be you know which of the others steps up because there were a lot of bad losses and took some bad beatings I mean losing to Chaminade D2 school you lose to um, Central bad losses uh, UC Irvine um, the, the conference just just took some hits and um you know so you you take you have all these bad losses and in the non-conference it's tough then to to you got the two teams at the top and then who else makes the tournament outside of the two ranked teams asu you know you look at usc which we all expected but they're six and four right now don't have any arizona and asu during one weekend they don't get to play them twice they only get them each once and it's on the road so if they don't pick up wins I, i my guess is that we're seeing maybe four bids from the conference maybe it's ucla maybe um and so i think out of those teams and then maybe oregon state those would be my my teams to look at and them takes down you know becomes a dragon slayer and takes down one of the arizona schools um and a win over to build that rpi it's gonna be tough to build the strength schedule tough to build the resume when you know pack teams worst case scenario we're seeing three teams make the turn and they they do have a chance to redeem Mm -hmm. themselves a little bit but uh i mean Pivoting off USC again, and then they talk about these key guys they're adding, no Bannon, Thornton's obviously hurt. Then they lose to Princeton, I understand Boatwright was out, SMU, Oklahoma, A&M. You figure they should win one of those games, and you, mm-hmm. you score check, and they're struggling against teams like Santa Barbara. Um, what do you think's going on there? Was Melton a glue guy that, that everyone's kind of underrated, or why do you think they're struggling so much this year? Well, I think you hit on. I mean, look, Melton. First of all, is uh, t- terrific defensively. An NBA scout certainly know about him, and uh, you know that he's considered to be a first-round pick when it, whenever uh, he decides to come out. Um, and I think he is a glue guy. I think he's he's something that they they don't really have in terms of perimeter defense toughness, um, and they and they need that offensively and just in terms of talent. Like this team has it in bunches. I mean. Jordan McLaughlin's a uh, guy that's, you know, got over eight assists a game. He he uh, just tied the Pac-12 record for assists in a game in 19 last week. Um, he, you know, so he sets the table for everybody else. Jermezi Metu is, you know, on his way to becoming a star that people now starting to pick up on nationally. He's got a ton of ability, um, great athlete, good length. Um, you know, the, this, the future is very bright for Jermezi Metu. And, you know, the question is sort of what about these other guys that we expected bigger things from, you know, and, and we still could. Benny Boatwright, you know, 
hasn't played every game this year, but but Boatwright's a guy that I think people were expecting was going to have an even bigger year, but did him too. Uh, Elijah Stewart's a guy that's a great athlete that, that people were possibly thinking could take. Um, you know, it was looking like those guys were going to take steps up, and, and we really did thing like, you know, sort of just falling out of the rotation there. Um, you know, we're expecting things from this year. Uh, you know, same things like, and I, I think the big, even though there's talented guys in the front court, there needs to be again, just like with Melton in the back court, like a level of Texas A&M that, like, you know, you looked at the front court comparison, it was no question. I mean, just USC, and 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 that's something that, you know, Andy Enfield's got to figure out. Guys are just sort of underperformed this year. Yeah, speaking of Melton, what's going on with the whole FBI thing? I mean, Carroll hasn't played, Wiley hasn't played for Auburn, and of course, any of these guys are going to play this year? And I really, I honestly don't know, and I, I think it's a, a weird thing because um, it's cast, you know, over the 2017-2018 season this year. It's been, normally, you know, when the guy's hurt, you know, you, you can hear it from coaches, at games, when these situations, you know, it, 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 you know, nobody has answers. You talk to people of saying, well, don't know, don't know. So, um, yeah, so I, it, it's been an odd right now. We don't know what's going to be happening with these guys. So I should just keep refreshing Twitter and hoping. That, I, I was hoping you'd have an FBI informant. That's all I'm saying. Just I'm, You know, I need one. It's, it's the one thing that, you know, it, it, that's been the weird. It's been the one thing that's been so weird this year. We'll have to cut that out. Oh, well. Um, Was there no one else waiting in the wings? Like I know Aaron Holiday's still there. They they, they, they like still have one. You know, it's it's a good question. Um, I mean, obviously Lonzo last year, the year he had, he made them like they're going to make everybody around him look so much better. In this case, you know, um, Lonzo certainly made made the whole team look better. But um, I, I think there's a few answers to that question. I think number one, I mean, not having Cody Riley is big. Um, Jalen Hill, uh, another guy that was going to add depth to this team. You know, people talk about those guys being future pros, but more importantly, like Riley added some depth to the front court and, um, you know, certainly gave them some size and, and depth is a big key for them this year in terms of having talented depth, not just, not just guys who can play. Um, and I don't know who, who can score for this team right now outside Aaron holiday, who's also expected you know, to run the show and get everybody else involved. So you got you got Holiday there that we know is a talented league of his own, and we've seen stretches where he's been awesome. And, you know, I think he's just about as good a point guard as you'll find in, in college basketball. I really believe that. I love Aaron Holiday's game. But you go beyond that, and where's the, you know, where's the consistency? Where's the consistent scoring? You can't rely on, on Thomas Welsh to be a guy that's going to do much more than he's doing. He's given you all he can this year, you know, averaging a double-double. And then, you know, I think people thought that, you know, they'd have crazy scoring numbers from like Jalen Hands and Chris Wilkes. And those guys, you know, you got to preface it. They, they played well at for freshmen, you know, but in terms of being guys that are going to change the game, you know, Wilkes has been good. You know, Hands, they've they, they sort of, you know, gone back and forth. The both of them, that's sort of been inconsistent in terms of being stars. But I, I just don't know who scores for that team. You know, and then defensively, we've seen UCLA struggle the last couple of years and not really bring it on the defensive end. So if you don't have consistent scoring and you're struggling defensively, I mean, that's what you end yeah. up with. And 
That's their situation. Yeah, the name of the game is score more points and don't let them score points. Exactly. Um, Exactly. If Sean Miller doesn't make the Final Four this year uh, with Arizona being as talented as they are, we've already talked about eight, and we've talked a little bit about Arizona. Um, Let let me set this up. So (laughs) if you you give – I want you to give Arizona State's talent and Arizona's talent a letter grade. A, A minus each. Just like just pure talent? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think there's no question about it. I mean, especially with Raleigh Alkins back in the fold. Okay. I mean, look, I mean, simply, um, you know, I'd say the one area where they, they aren't as competitive and it's, and this is what's killing them is, you know, is, is with their guard play in terms of the point guard play. And I think Parker Jackson Cartwright, I mean, not only is he diminutive, but he's, um, he's a guy defensively is not going to he's not going to be a killer to you. I mean, he's quick and he'll get steals and he gets the most out of his talent. He'll make shots, but in terms of defensively, that can be a mismatch for them. That's weird um, too, like, because they're point, they're supposed to be point, point guard you, right? So that's their yeah, weak spot. Yeah, no doubt. And, and look, I think Alex Barcelo is a guy that eventually could be, could be the guy. I think he has talent and he carries himself with a swagger. I think he's going to be a very good player for them. Um, the other thing with them is that, you know, there was a lot expected out of the other freshmen coming in. You know, Emmanuel Acott, Ira Lee, Brandon Randolph, and, you know, Acott especially, people were talking about him being just this unbelievable defensive presence and then also be able to score score the ball well. And, in, you know, for basically an exhibition season, he was scoring, he was hitting shots, and he's sort of fallen out of favor, you know, in that rotation. So, and we saw that last year with the freshmen. Um and, uh, you know, so we've seen this, we've seen this happen before, um, you know, because Sean Miller's going to expect these guys to play a certain way. But I think, you know, they have a lot of pieces. It was a question of trying to figure out whether these pieces would work together. And without Alkins, it was really difficult to figure out. And then they had a bad stretch. And, and the other thing is, even with all that talent, at the end of the day, there's only been one year over the last, I want to say, 12 or 13 years in which, a team has won the national championship and not had a point guard go on to play in the NBA. So you need an NBA level point guard to win an NCAA championship. And I don't know that they have one. So that's, that's the name of the game in college basketball. And then as far as Arizona state goes, I would say that that roster right now is, I'd say it's a minus B plus. Um, I think the guards are obviously awesome. Trey Holder's having an unbelievable season. He's probably Pac-12 player of the year right now. Um, Shannon Evans can fill it up. Um, I think what Remy Martin's doing right now is perfect for them. He's, I mean, if you haven't seen him play a lot, that you know, hold on, plays like his, real quick. Okay. There's a guy on their team named Remy Martin, like the. Yes. Yes. Wow. Freshman. That's awesome. He's tiny. I... Oh, not only does not only does he have that name, which is tremendous but he plays I, i've said this before but he plays like his hair is on fire and that's how he sort of looks you know he's got this uh new age haircut and i mean he just gets up and down the court he plays i i, I don't know that i've seen anyone who's you know as much and i mean this in an endearing way not not as an insult but he plays like a pest i mean he is all over the court Wait, a bobby hurley guard plays like a pest exactly 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 it's uh, but this guy is everywhere but he's small He's small, uh, was a top 75 recruit coming in close to that. Um, but he's a perfect combination, and he's sort of their their, their heart and soul. He's great minutes, 
So you've got Holder, Evans, Martin. Uh, last year we were seeing Cody Justice play. Cody Justice playing the four, and like I said, Romello White, Daquan Lake, Mickey Mitchell, uh, bigger than and more athletic up front than they, certainly than they were last year. And that's why they didn't have a great year last year. They have the guards are there and playing even better. Hurley's gotten those guards to play tremendously well. And again, this team, Mickey Mitchell didn't play much against Kansas. He just returned. He's only played three. Like, that's a guy who now they have another rebounder, another guy defensively um, on the people, including myself, would have given him credit for before the season started. So a lower grade as far as coaching, excluding recruiting. Ooh, good good caveat there. I think Miller's had a lot of, a a ton of talent at teams, and he still hasn't made made the final four so I think I think the thing with Sean Miller is that he gets his guys to play incredibly hard I really do believe this kids that are that are in school um you know and I know I know some people would disagree um you know they play with a certain level of intensity and his players over the years like whether it's been a Gabe York or Nick Johnson or these guys get better during the time that they're there. And when I look at coaching overall, yes, sure, certainly recruiting is a part of it. And you, you brought that up. But I also think it's the, the number one thing is, can you get your kids to buy in, to them to buy in? That's number one. And then um, I think also, you know, where's the talent, you know, and I look at Sean Miller and I say the one thing that I, that I, that I would knock it for, and I think other people do as well, and doesn't let this team to play more free flowing um, and let them go offensively and, 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 that's great during the regular season, and he really does control games, and I think they have immensely more talented, but they're going to out-tough you. But I think when you get to the NCAA tournament, everybody is controlling. And uh, the guys that get to play loose in the NCAA tournament, you know, it's already stressful venue. And now if it's tighter still and you're nervous that if you miss a few shots or have a couple of bad possessions, you're going to get pulled, I think that impacts these guys. So anyway, long story short, I would say that, um, I think he needs to make adjustments this year, and I think this is going to be a critical year for him in terms of how we view his his legacy. I think Sean Miller is a very good coach. I just think that I think he needs to make adjustments in the NCAA tournament. And, and again, this is the year to do it. Uh, he's got such a talented team, and we'll see how much you know because they get into some. And the other thing is, I think he's loyal to his guys, and I, that that's that's good. That helps you long term. It helps you with the recruiting. But it's a tricky thing to do when you know if somebody's outplaying someone else. You got to go with the hot hand, and I think sometimes he's he's much much too loyal, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing long term, but in the short term it can it can bite you. And Bobby Hurley, you know, over the last couple of years, people were saying, "Oh, well, this guy's just yelling a lot and screaming, and what's he really accomplishing?" And I think he's really proven it this year with the development of the guards, uh, their style of play, and the fact that they play so loose. But meanwhile, they're in your face. They're playing defense. They play hard. You can tell that these kids want to run through a wall for Bobby Hurley. And that's, you know, that's that buy-in. So I'd say both of them are very, very good coaches. Uh, obviously, Sean Miller's done it for longer and has had more talent. But when you look at what Bobby Hurley did at Buffalo, um, and certainly I'm a fan of the, the Hurley family tree. You know, his dad, Bob Hurley, a uh, famous coach there at St. Anthony's for years. And then, you know, Danny Hurley uh, is another outstanding coach. Like, I love the pedigree. And I, I just think... I think Bobby Hurley's figured it out. Tournament. He doesn't have to look out for Wisconsin in the Elite Eight anymore. They <laughs> yeah, definitely will won't not be have there. to fear. Oh, that that definitely helps. So, big question is: we've got a huge game coming up, Adam. Yeah, it's it's really funny you say that because 
that's literally been the talk to everybody that you know everyone is because everyone's like oh yeah asu's for real asu's legit and then you ask them about that game on the third Tucson. like there's something about the McHale center when arizona's playing i think anyone can walk in there and you can assuredly say they're going to get a win especially against an air win i do i i think that you know obviously to to win here for asu huge but I think I think anyone. They're one of the top scoring teams in the country, um, and uh, you know the scoring margin is great. I think that they need to be ready to be in a dogfight in a close game. And honestly, if it's close in the last five minutes, I trust ASU's guards in that environment. So I I, I think Arizona State could win, but they just have to make sure that the big moment doesn't overwhelm them in the first five or ten minutes. I think that's where that game is going to be decided. If they can keep it close. I really like ASU's guards late. Another team that's it's been good over the years is Oregon. They've lost a lot of talent, but they seem mm-hmm. to be coming around. They had a big win that I thought they'd over Fresno State on Saturday. <clears throat> I haven't watched them a ton, but do you think they have the talent to be in the tournament? Because next year they're definitely getting back in based on what I've seen that they have coming in. Yeah, it, that, that's a good question. I, again, I put them as one of the teams that I think get in outside of the big two right now in the Pac-12. I mean, first of all, Dana Allman's a, just an outstanding coach. Um, you know, in terms of the X's and O's and his game management and his feel for his personnel and getting guys to play with great chemistry, which is kind of shocking considering the fact that every year it seems like he's bringing in, you know, whether it's a big recruiting class and or, you know, transfers or juco kids like he just seems to have new roster every year and it doesn't matter like a lot of times teams struggle with new rosters and it's uh growing pains and he has figured out a way to make it work and to sort of have a seamless transition i love peyton pritchard i think he's a terrific lead guard obviously he had a ton of accolades coming out of high school had a really good year last year and he's sort of the last you know, holdover from, from that great loaded roster that we saw. And you saw him earning minutes last year. I mean, um, you know, was, which is incredible. I mean, Casey Benson was a guy that, that Alvin really relied on, but you had, that team had Jordan Bell and Tyler Dorsey, Dylan Ennis, um, you know, Boucher before Boucher got hurt. I mean, Oregon was just absolutely loaded last year and he was still earning minutes as a freshman. So that tells you the kind of talent that Peyton Pritchard has amongst the pros. He was still, he doesn't he's an unassuming looking guy, but he finds a way to make the team, you know, to make your team better because he can score. He can distribute. He shoots the ball exceptionally well and he's tough. And 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 those are the, the key ingredients to being a great player at the college level. So they rely on him big time. And then it's the two Browns, you know, um, Troy Brown is a freshman that people are really high on. And um, I mean, this kid is, is is starting to come on. And if you don't know about him. You know, you need to check him out. I mean, he's a guy that's that's emerging and just getting better and better. Is that the game. guy that's getting all the rebounds? There's one guy I've, I've read about that's getting it's just a yeah. He's a really game. good rebounder for for his size, and yes, so he's rebounded really well. But over, you know, but he's shown his ability to score, and you know, he's efficient. He's not taking 20 shots a game, but over okay. the last couple the of games, he's sort of cleaned it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's. Uh, He's the anti-Kobe. But then, but then Elijah Brown is, you know, the transfer started out at, at Butler and then was at, um, uh, was at New Mexico. And 
um, and now is uh, is is at Oregon. So this guy's traveled around a bunch, scored a ton when he was at New Mexico, and now you know has taken on more of a, a team role. But you know th- these guys, they have talent. They're figuring it out. The, the front court players are getting better. Um, still a lot to to figure out the rest of the way. But if I was going to trust any coach. If you give me Oregon with a ten and three record at this point, like it's only going, they're only going to get better, and yeah. you can't guarantee that out of most college basketball teams. But Oregon is one where you know they're going to continually be on the rise. Coach. I agree with you. Uh, Absolutely. Just, just a couple. You can answer these quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Final two. Um, just give me a sleeper team that we haven't talked about yet that you think is going to come on and do well, and who you think wins the Pac-12? We're going to go with the chalk and say Arizona. Huh. Well, I think in the regular season, we'll. I think I think the game on the thirtieth will decide who wins the regular season. Um, but I, I honestly, I, th- I think it's going to be Arizona State. I, I think Arizona State ends up winning the league. Um, it's probably a little easier to say, but I, I just I feel like they're equipped to take on all these teams. I think the back half of the the Pac-12 is just going to get eaten up by by the elite teams in this conference. Um, and so I would say ASU wins the league, remains to be seen. And obviously, I think health is going to be a big issue. They got to make sure that nobody goes down because all their guys. I mean, it's rare that you see a college basketball team that need. You know, the one weakness you could argue that's like, it's unreal to think that they're getting even better. So ASU, to me, I think they're totally interesting in the tournament. But but I think they could end up winning. We'll, we'll have to have it revisit right before the tournament okay and really, then the, really uh, twist them arm here a lot yeah. of metrics guys yeah. have them number one it's it's, <clears throat> it's mind-boggling how good i mean the stuff yeah taken this year so yeah it's 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 been unbelievable when when you know when you look at the metrics and all and then and uh you know they're better defensively than you think and then i would say sleeper team it's tough because i think there's a few teams that i think mike hopkins done a really good job with washington right now um, I think I think Colorado's record's a little bit inflated. I mean, they're eight and three, but haven't really played anyone. I think to me, the sleeper teams I would say are, you know, and we still have a ton of question marks about USC, but I think sleeper team is uh, Oregon State. I think I think they have talent. Their their top four guys are very good. They really haven't gotten much else from the others. But when you look at Stevie Thompson, Ethan Thompson, Drew Eubanks, and Trace Tinkle. I think you're talking about four guys who are very good basketball players. I mean, Eubanks is one of the most athletic centers in the in in the country, and he he can score. Doesn't rebound as well as he should, but he can fill it up. And then and uh, Trace Dinkle does a little bit of everything for this team. I mean, you know, leading him in points, assists, rebounds. I mean, he's a distributor. Some people have you know compared him to like a younger Gordon Hayward. He he can handle the ball, he can shoot it, and, but he's great at making others better. So. Very good, and I think on certain nights they can win some games. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon State can find a way to have to slip a little bit. But that, to me, is is the one sleeper team. And, and maybe Stanford, I good in the front court. And they've just had some weird injuries, eligibility issues, better than their, their record indicates. And I think they'll be better. Uh, Jared Haas is a pretty good coach. I think I think they're going to have this. Pull all that down. Arizona and Arizona State, basically you think they're playing for the regular season title. The two, two good teams and then everyone else. Pretty much in the Pac-12. Taking the time. Uh, last night on Twitter, uh, I had a great time because our, our mm-hmm. that the uh, the junior ballers, a little little maybe a high school professional on Twitter. He I don't trust Lavar to to get the logistics of all this down, but mm-hmm. I pay high school kids. 
and then we right. can't have them in our league, and then they'll just go straight to the NBA, maybe change some of their laws, their their rules around. I think it's a great question. I, I think we already ha- have reached a point that, you know, um, high school players getting the opportunity to benefit from is a good thing. And I, I think that anybody who denies that opportunity, you know, really give golfers that opportunity. You know, if you're good enough, if you're talented enough in those sports, you get the chance in this country. And so some guys have gone overseas. We've seen it. I mean, you know, Brandon Jennings did it. Your balls are doing it, certainly Terrence Ferguson. But but those guys, you know, was more of a serious case right. than we're seeing out of this. I think that I think that we need to see the NCAA and the acting as a minor league for the, the NBA for quite some time. And, you know, the one and done rule, it's had it some positives, but for the most part, you know, it's it's a tricky deal. It, I don't like to see is maybe this thing gets off the ground and maybe it's not LeVar Ball's junior basketball that puts up this money and says, hey, let's start this thing because that's what's best. It, that could happen. Rules. I would like to see every college player, if you really want to solve issues, make every college bad advice. And then if guys get drafted and want to stay in school, then you know what? The team can retain their rights for was you know, it, a Was year. it not like that before? It like, was. That's what happened. I was going to say, that could have swore that's what happened with Bird. Yeah. So that happened with Larry Bird at one time. Yeah, you retain guys' rights for you. All of a sudden, there's nowhere to go or the guys are in school and don't want to be there. I think guys should be able to leave out of high school. You know, that the NBA needs to invest in its G League and they, they need to really um, – Adam Silver has talked about this. If guys don't want to be in college, he was influenced by the Ben Simmons documentary on Showtime. If guys don't want to be in college, then they shouldn't be there. You know, you there are other ways to learn and, and get better at life than just being in college. You know, I wasted some of my college years, and I know a lot of other people that did too. It doesn't mean it's the only way for everyone to go. Um, college can be a great thing. It, it can be a great learning experience, but so can other things. And, you know, to have a vocation and the ability to make money – the other thing that I would say that I wish would change is, you know, if we use some type of Olympic model and all of a sudden, okay, maybe schools aren't paying players, but what if, you know, a guy at Utah State could do a car commercial? Why limit that opportunity for him to to make money, some sponsorship money on the side? That's that's what I would like to see. Or or what about the idea of, you know, trust fund where, you know, some guy, you know, you can't take it out until you leave school, but the more time you're in school, you could accrue money. You know, there are plenty of ideas that could help out the welfare and, and allow, again, these guys who have talent to benefit financially off of that talent without necessarily losing, you know, the college game. And I think it's a tricky spot because we all love the college game, but I also understand that I don't want to see college players get exploited. Yeah, I love college basketball, but I can take one look at DeAndre Ayton and go, this dude does not need to play against uh, six, seven centers anymore. He does. He doesn't need to. He, he needs to play against uh, Andre Drummond every night. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. All right, Adam. As always, uh, a pleasure on our end. Uh, at Naismith lives on Twitter. Uh, are you still doing the the Great Point Pod? Yeah, we've. It's been on a hiatus, but I'm. I've got some things in the works. So um, don't know if it'll be Great Point Pod. I'm also been doing some forty year coach podcasts um stuff but yeah usually if anybody wants to know what's going on I'll, I'll post about it on twitter but uh i i gotta say i appreciate you guys appreciate your insight and the questions and it's uh it's been really fun the last uh now two times that i've done this so thank you for having me on i appreciate it man yeah, yeah thanks adam and i'd um really enjoyed the uh i've gone back and listened to a lot of them but i really enjoyed the uh gottlieb interview that was he really opened up on that, and uh, I guess you guys are pretty good friends. That's why I did. But uh, that was a thank you, very, Thank very you. good podcast. Appreciate it. Appreciate
appreciate it. All right, Adam, as always, man, just thank you. You know more about, about Pac-12 basketball than I think I know, like, anything. Yeah, that so, was very informative. Ridiculous. Hey, well, I, it's a pleasure. So, seriously, reach out anytime and uh, let me know. Whenever you want to do one of these, I'm happy to jump on. Will do, man. Uh, we'll okay. probably uh, – I'll hit your line or Bill will hit your line before uh, the Pac-12 tournament like yep. we did last year. Yep. Uh, we'll talk Sounds about Bill great. Walton's craziness uh, and how much fun <laughs> it is just to watch him call basketball games for four days in a row. For sure, for sure. All right, you guys have a great one. Happy holiday. Yeah, same to you too, Adam. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Stanko's the best. Like – are we still on there? Yeah. Oh, we're okay. still recording. We're going right into it. All right, we're gonna go. Not even. We're thing. not even gonna stop anything. I might have to clip a little thing uh, right there. Okay. But other than that, we're going right into it. Stanko knows more about the Pac-12, and I, I just imagine he's just staring out at the ocean. I don't know if he lives near the ocean. I assume everyone on the West Coast lives near the ocean. He's staring out at the ocean, maybe smoking a cigar, having a beverage, and he's just rattling off uh, facts about Remy Martin, the Arizona State guard, not the uh, not the adult beverage. Uh, but that was great. A- Adam knows more about Pac-12 basketball than anyone should know about anything. I thought that was a very interesting point he made about Miller, too, um, being kind of controlling the possessions and not letting them play loose enough. It, I guess it kind of makes sense, and Wisconsin kind of played loose in those two games. And yeah. They got to the Final Four. That's how that's how Wisconsin beat Kentucky uh, yeah. in, in and, the Final Four. So year. if he would have let them play loose, Kentucky probably had another national title, right? Probably <laughs> as you sit there in your Kentucky. Why would you do that to me, man? I thought we were, I thought we were friends. I thought here we here I am in your basement thinking we're friends, and, and you dropped that on the, me. The other thing that's interesting is even him. You, no one, I can't get answers as an Auburn fan. I want Austin Wiley on the floor, and I just get, can't get answers you, out of anyone look, on this FBI thing. You're man. just gonna have to call the the federal. You're just gonna have to call the bureau. Yeah. at this point, like it's not the it's not to the bureau though. It's like an NCAA thing. Well, you're the never gonna get an answer done. from the NCAA. Yeah, like they have no clue. So, they're just hoping the bureau doesn't crack down on them. So, At this point, Mark Emmert's just hoping he doesn't get subpoenaed. So, we want to get into some uh, Triple G. Is that you had some news on that? Yeah, uh, here's the news. There is no news. So, last time we talked, I said that they were in talks the May 5th date, the Cinco de Mayo. The biggest, pretty much the biggest date in boxing every year is that weekend of Cinco de Mayo because you get. Uh, you get the Kentucky Derby that morning or that afternoon, and then all the celebrities that were at the Derby either fly out to New York for a fight at MSG or they fly out to Las Vegas for a fight somewhere. Um, a couple years ago, it was Canelo and Amir Khan when Canelo just knocked him out, ragdolled Amir Khan in the middle of the ring. Uh, hopefully this year it's going to be Canelo Triple G, and if it is, you'll have to come over. Actually, if it is, I might be in Louisville. I'm trying to go back to the Derby this year. Uh, if I'm not there, you're coming over again smoking another port but uh doing it right um but yeah I, the news is there's still no news both sides are saying uh yeah we're working to get a deal done it could happen any day and it's been it could happen any day for the last 12 days okay should we just instead of covering a lot of other subjects just get to the games no let's this let's, podcast people are going to look at the length of this podcast and not listen to it all, if it's too long all 20 know. people are going to go nope i'm not listening to an hour no, of this stuff. 45 sorry 46 46 including my listen yes i hit it i hit it again while uh so 47 yeah right before i called stanko i i downloaded it again so 47 listens to the last podcast uh going for that record of, of 50 all right, uh, real quick, just looking at these games. Uh, last week, going to do a recap for the people who don't follow us on Twitter. Um, no, last week yeah, was let's bad. Let's do a recap. Last week was very bad. So I talked about how offensive uh, the University of Milwaukee was to college basketball. And, of course, uh, 
my luck with small schools, the Loyola Chicago starting point guard injures his hand. He's not playing. And they went on to lose by approximately 400 points. They got run out of the gym. So I went to bat for LSU, and uh, I'm going to own up to that was a bad call by me. And uh, even though wide open layup. That was one of the worst beats of a, a straight-up game I've ever seen. Had it in the back, and they let it slip away. And we also learned that we have a follower, L. Oh, El, Capper, Ca- El Capitan? Yeah, and his his, his handle is at Raindog23. Yeah, shout out Raindog. He ended up splitting the money with this last year, so I'm all, so El, El Capitan, or however you pronounce your name, I'm, last year you were listening to us and getting inside yeah. intel, so I, I'm wondering if Connor and I would have just been in the final two if you wouldn't yeah, listen to this podcast if, last if year. We, we could have, have made more money if, if we wouldn't have done this podcast. Damn it, if we just would have had 40 listeners instead of 45, we we would have we would have went on with some real scratch. Yeah. So, but he's out. We're probably going to be out. I mean, look, yeah. we're not going to. It's hard to win this thing two years in a row. And congrats to him for cashing last year. Well, it's also hard to win when we're going to have to go on. We'll probably have to win eight nine weeks in a row. Maybe early March, with one t- with one selection every week. So, uh, you were you were good with s- Purdue uh, last just, week. So. Just, I don't want to go over all of them, Connor. No, I let's, don't. Uh, let's go over the the ones that are the bigger spreads and that we know stuff about. I mean, like UMass, Lowell, or in Central Connecticut State. I don't know no. why this game is on there. Yeah, you. All right, this is one, one that I definitely would have tried to pick, and you would have yelled at me. <laughs> Jesus. All right, first one is Louisville versus uh, Grand Canyon. Louisville is playing Grand Canyon at the Yum Center, early start time. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, it was a two-point game against Albany the other night, Louisville and Albany. Uh, I got to thank David Paget and his wonderful Widow's Peak is really coaching that team up. And, and by coaching that team up, I mean cursing at them. And uh, everybody should be on this game. And, and I would like. Oh, I don't know. Paget has the coaching chops, and I think Patino would beat that team by struggling. So, so maybe be. You're telling me I should pump the brakes on my love of Louisville? I think so. I mean, okay. they have all the talent in the world, but, I mean, they did blow out Bryant. They beat Indiana at home. That was, that was a close game for a while, though. Indiana is not they good. They blew out Sienna. Uh, I just, Grand Canyon is a pretty well-ranked team. They're up about right there with Albany, so I can see where you're going with that. So Yeah. I, I uh, Let's put it on the burner. Okay. Um, this is also, like, my dumb brain recency bias. Yeah. Like I would just go, no, they they almost lost, so they're going to be better because that's how sports work. Uh, but I could also see Louisville. I would hope, like, if we don't pick this, I'm going to root just as hard as I always do and hate watch Louisville. Um, so you're happy being eliminated from the pool if we pick Louisville? If it means that Louisville loses to Grand Canyon, I think it would be worth every. <laughs> then single they're going to get more pumped up for the Kentucky. Game. Oh, let them get pumped up. They just they'll just lose. Like yeah, they, the way Kentucky's playing. Yeah, the way we're playing, we look good. Uh, I don't want to pick the Kentucky UCLA games on here. Uh, first true no, road game for no, those guys. Not nah, a chance. No, no chance. We'll talk about that four one. Games. Um, All right, next game: Auburn, Connecticut. Auburn hosting Connecticut at Auburn Arena. Anthony McLemore, our big guy, had a concussion, but he. Is, I just don't think UConn's very good. They got a lot of talent. I think Kevin Ollie's an awful coach. I, I think that he sure beat again Kentucky. Beat, yeah. Kentucky could easily have three titles, man. All right, you keep. I definitely think that. 
Auburn's going to go in here and get the job done. Connecticut is 13.1 favorite. Jeez. I've got Louisville as a 15 point. The, the thing that concerns me is UConn does have the talent, whereas Grand Canyon doesn't have the talent. Yeah. So, can, we should have done it. So Yeah. Look, uh, you watch more Auburn basketball than I think anyone. <laughs> you know what? No. If you're going to the game, I feel like we have to take this one. Um, Second row behind. Things are going good for Connecticut. You can really you can try to get in their heads. Yeah. Or if they're going bad, you can shout. No reason to even look at the other games. No, I want to look at the other okay, games. Okay, fine. I, I'm I'm firmly. I have a big spread for is Dayton versus game, a 10-point favorite. I don't know anything about Wagner. Do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, no, the only time I see games of the NCAA tournament that they always play there, and that their, their arena is just weird. Yeah. It's a weird place. This is kind of where I was going. This is the one I like the most. I like the Nevada Wolfpack to lose any non-conference games if they want to get into the NCAA tournament, if they don't win the Mountain West. They just can't. They beat Rhode Island, who's a really good team. They they housed Davidson. I think they're going to win the Big 12. They took Texas Tech into overtime, almost beat them. Uh, they yep. well, they. They weren't that good at NC State, but they are playing really well now. Well, you remember we actually picked Nevada as our first round team in the NCAA tournament last year when we were in that first round. So you got Lindsey Drew coming in, playing better last year at Nevada. He's a great coach, and I just don't think they're going to lose to the Dons. So that's my thoughts. And um, if it were me, I'd pick Nevada. But you know, now that now that you mention it, you're going to the game. I don't want you weighted down with. Going back to it with in the back of your mind, going, "Oh no, if they lose, we're done." So I just want you to have a good time yeah. in San Francisco. The other thing is, this is this is a uh, like a little. They play another team the night before on Friday night. Nevada does, mm. but the other team. And okay. If they don't look good, we can we can we switch can it around. Sw- yeah. All right. So, so they've got Southern Illinois. The Sco plays. I think Duquesne on Friday night as oh, well. Oh, Nevada's like the only good team in that thing. Yeah. To lose either of those games. They have to win those games. If they otherwise, they have to win their conference tournament. So. It's a neutral site. It's in Las Vegas, Nevada, in Reno, playing in their home state. My home. That's man. that's your home away, right? Yeah. yeah. So all right. Let's, so let's it's lock in, uh, all right. I will send the email after. Okay. So the the pick is in Nevada and Auburn. Real quick, Kentucky, UCLA thoughts. You think that they, um, especially out. Yeah, if there were anyone from last year's team. That, That's true. That there's no revenge No, spot. there's no revenge spot. Gabriel, like, sniffed the floor a little bit. Um, I like the way Kentucky's offense looked. They scored 90 points tech last week. Um, the the shooting pe- people, myself included, were scared. Not Gabriel, the, the guy, uh, the Diallo, Diallo guy, everyone, he had four threes, and everyone yeah. was everybody outside the paint. He can't do anything. He hit four three-pointers and a huge three uh, at the end of the game, up four, or a two-point game to go up five. At the end of the game, iced it. Um, that's a huge shot going from take and make those big time buckets. So I think Kentucky wins. I, I think I don't think it's a. I, I think your spread had it as a. Uh, and that's not factoring in. Let's look at the last three. There's the last three up factoring two here. Last three, it's a 17 point. I got Kentucky. Oh, good God! Based on it, but again, that's based on. Well, they Kentucky played a Virginia Tech team, and that I don't know who else was in that three. Who who they play before Virginia? Tech? Uh, before Virginia Tech was Monmouth. Okay. And I don't know who was before that. Okay. That's so it was good. probably trash, trash Virginia Tech. Okay. But uh, they looked really good against uh, Virginia Tech. I, I'm happy with the development of everybody. Quade Green looks like an actual Calipari point guard. 
Uh, I'm excited. I, I'm a little higher so than like I was. Nevada? Or do you like no, Kentucky? no, no. I like Nevada. I like okay. Nevada much more than Kentucky. Um, I just don't try the the road game aspect scares me. Is the only thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think Nevada. Do you have anything else before we uh, wrap up? No, I don't. I don't think so. All I right. Think I don't want to get this pod too long. People no. are going to look at it and go, uh, uh-uh. no. The, the, all forty people are going to go. I'm not. I'm not listening to this for for, for forty eight minutes. Yeah. So all right. Uh, at Potolade one on Twitter. Uh, at Gambrell24, at Naismith Lives. Yeah, at Naismith Lives. Yeah. Give him a follow. Give Adam great a follow. follow. Just a great guy. Like, uh, a lot of times when we talk to people about setting stuff, st- setting things up for this kind of thing, they go, they look at the, the followers of me and Bill, and Bill, you're growing. The followers are going up, so that's still good, right? We're still trending in the right direction there? Uh, yeah, we're definitely trending in the right direction. I awesome. I was worried about your health. No, no. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> My right. health Yeah, people, better. guys will... Take a look at the followers and go, eh, there's only 700 followers between the two of them. Don't need to waste my time with it. Stanko has been nothing but uh, generous with his time, and, and he's great to come on. So, so again, Naismith lives. Follow him. And when he, if he's doing the Great Point Pod again, listen to that. Support people who support us is basically what I'm trying to say. So shout out Stanko, at Naismith lives, at Podolate one at Gambrel24. I don't know what song's going to be playing uh, as we head out, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Uh, we'll see you next week. I want a dollar dollar bill at Wyclef Jean at some point. Okay? Oh, done. There it is. He called-